thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's like yeah. a little bit of a soft, soft <laughs> subject there. <laughs> and and then like we kind of got into it because I like next year, like is my year and I have to like you know do this thing. And he's like giving me advice. He's like, anything you do, don't go ring shopping three mo- more than three months before you at it popped a question. And oh, I was really? Like, well, why is that? I mean, apparently he's he's been on the market like on the ring shopping for like nine months. So really, he's a felon that he likes to like that. <laughs> no, well, I, I think they've or what well, the problem is they've already bought it, and or like he's ordered it, and I think she expected like, hey, you're gonna propose on this this trip. I mean, I don't know if I was supposed to be oh. talking to you, but like, no, no, I'm, I'm, uh, he went to, they went to like yeah, Paris yeah, or like, yeah. Italy together, but yeah. he didn't propose and she was pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're like in, I, 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 I met Gina, I met Gina before it. I met Steve. Oh, you did? Yeah. So it was mad funny. So like, I, I got connected to Gina through, how do we find fucking Gina? Oh, through Ron. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Ron for sure. And, Ash. and then we did a podcast with Gina and like, they were talking, Kyle and Gina. And then Kyle was like, oh, I'm like running ads for like this like matcha brand. She goes, oh, my boyfriend owns a matcha brand. And I was like, well, we're actually doing a podcast with a matcha guy tomorrow. <laughs> and then she's like, well, who are you doing with? I was like, see, she goes, oh, that's my boyfriend. Wait, like, wait, they didn't communicate about this? Yeah. Are you kidding me? He was the hilarious. Day, like, the podcast on the next day, like, just totally separate. Like, I met Steve through, like, I don't know, someone else. To be fair, yeah. though, when I heard about that they were they were dating, I didn't, like, I, like, was a little bit shocked. Yeah. And I, I Oh, it's just it, so weird. They yeah. just don't talk about it. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, not on like Instagram. No, I mean, no. it's not on like uh, Twitter or and she's like older. other she, shit. She's like actually kind of like you. Oh, like, oh yeah, I heard. That. She's like in her thirties. She might be like thirty-one, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like 27, 28. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we were talking about too. We're like, oh, we like we like him a little, little bit, older. Older. <laughs> a little, little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Oh, to okay. go. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, we're good to go. Whenever. What is this? Fifty-three? No, fifty-four. Fifty-four. Episode fifty-four. All right, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I mean, I think I'm ready. Let's go. Wait, yeah, remind me. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Zamp, right? Zamp, yeah. Is that how you want to be introduced or do you want to be introduced as like something else? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. And like, we, so we, 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 we say like founder. Yeah, you can president. say like founder, founder, CEO of Zamp, whatever you want. Founder and CEO of Zamp. You can say founder. With a, and previous founder and CEO of many other things or, <laughs> yeah. or involved in yeah. many other projects. <laughs> but all right, it's better so, to do like multiple things at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll let you pronounce your last name. I did go to NJIT, but I don't know. It's still a little <laughs> bit above my pay grade. So. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, do you, you, want to, you want to make the intro and then? Yeah. So it's uh, episode. Welcome to- yeah. Welcome to episode 54. Yeah. Of New, of Money, New Talks. Money Talks. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to New Money Talks episode 54. On the yeah, money. 54. Right. Over a year. Over a year's worth wow. of consistent uploads every single every week. Single every week. Single fucking really? Week. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. We've like actually... Fuck you, Dan Snow. He, <laughs> he, he made us push the podcast from Wednesday to Friday because, like, he was coming out with uh, that he sold his agency. The, he, yeah, the like, acquisition oh, no news. He said it yeah, on yeah. the podcast. He was like, can't tell, can't have it out until Wednesday. I was like, All right, so it's only non like wow. Wednesday upload, non, non with Wednesday. the exception of maybe like one or two others. That's where, pretty good though. I mean, like, yeah. I, I write a, I mean, I write a newsletter every week, and it's on Sundays, and I, and the consistency. It's, I mean, I'm at like 15, so it's not even like where you guys are, but it's tough. It's, dude, yeah, and because there's always this shit that comes. Dude, just hire that ghostwriter, bro. What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Hire the ghostwriter. You, you know what the pro- problem Chad is? Chat GPT. Like, <laughs> the, the pro- okay, you know. Okay, so I actually have a thing about that because I write content on LinkedIn now every day, and I I now notice who writes content with Chat GPT and who doesn't, and it's a little bit cringy. Yeah, and, and it sounds like, very robotic. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, it's like, oh, what a pleasant little, uh, pleasant little, you know, whatever. And I'm just like. Dude, like nobody says that. Nobody that. says that. Yeah. And then when you when you if you're using these platforms to connect with people, why why are you like why don't you just get a human being to do it? Like why don't you like why can't you That's afford X Y Z to do that? Yeah. Like don't take a shortcut to doing things that you just need to put in the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So let's backtrack. So who who who, who the heck are you? And in in thirty seconds <laughs> or less, tax, man. Who who are you? And in thirty seconds or less, how would you explain what you do? We, we don't want to get too much into the backstory. You know, we'll get in, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my name is Rohit Padange. Uh, he hit the he got the he, he <laughs> that shit. That's actually not that hard, dude. I, I've gotten like Padange, you know, like a lot of other things, but. A lot of people used to call me by my last name before, but Rohit Padange. I run a uh, a sales tax company. It's called Zamp. Um, I've been an investor on Wall Street from the private equity side. Did early stage venture. I ran my own real estate business, uh, and uh, now I you know also help build other companies too. So. so you've dipped your toes in a lot of different waters. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit more fun that way because yeah, I, I feel like it's more fun to be multi dimensional than. 
yeah. single dimensional. Right? So then you just focused on sales stacks. <laughs> Dude, it's funny because like I didn't even want to, like I never thought growing up like, hey, I'm going to do taxes my whole life. Because it was always that thing that like nobody wants to do and like, ah, like screw the people that do taxes, right? Yeah. And and it's like where I went to school, that was like, not like, I wouldn't say like But you went to upon. Warren, right? Yeah, I went to Warren and, and like people did, I mean, it was like investment. IB. Yeah, 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 exactly. Consulting. <laughs> it just, it had this like air of like, I don't want to say like in arrogance in some ways. It's like, a very arrogant <laughs> place. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we only do like anything that's like below that is not, not Orton, right? If you don't and work at Goldman, Morgan Stanley, <laughs> you're, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and that's why even like things like accounting and what, and not that there's anything wrong with it. I think now having been a founder and like having been in different aspects, I see values in a lot of things, but we were kind of brainwashed a little bit saying like, hey, a lot of these other things, you know, are not like cool or like they're not kosher. And so I never thought I'd be doing sales tax, but now I, you know, live and breathe. This yeah. Thing. So a lot of people that that watch and listen to us, they have e-commerce brands. Yeah. And, and they do say, not and, pay sales and, tax. And, they, and a lot of them don't pay sales tax because it's a pretty intricate and complicated concept to most people. Like yeah. I, I, some people know Nexus, like if they've done, you know, a couple million bucks in revenue, like their accountant will have mentioned that term. They'll search it up and they'll be like, all right, you know, 200 transactions, 100,000. So like, some people know the basics of it, but like, how would you explain it to a 15 year old what sales tax even is? I mean, I think at the end of the day, sales tax is a way for the state to make money off of the business that you're doing at the end of the day. That's, that's what yeah. it is, right? And you, but you, you kind of, it's like a permission for you to be like, hey, you're doing business in my state. You owe us a little bit something. You kind of think of it like a toll like that you pay yeah. on the roads or something. It's like a right of way to do to do business in our state. Right. It's like cost of doing business, like, at, but at a certain level, because there's thresholds for exactly. certain types of companies and things like that. Yeah. And there's like certain thresholds. And I think it's it's different because like in the, in the U.S., they make it like unnecessarily complicated. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big thing in the U.S. is like unnecessarily complex and whatnot. Like in Europe and stuff, it's just like one thing and it's pretty easy. It's straightforward. In, in the U.S., yeah, they have these every state has their own set of rules. Every state like operates like their own country. On top of that, these sales tax is a political tool. So every district, every county, every city, they're like vying for like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be running this year. I'm gonna raise sales tax 1% on canned food products and it's gonna make us $10 million to you know, fund the books, fund the street. And, and it's like every, ima like, imagine how many politicians there are in the United States at the local levels. Yeah. Everybody's like fighting for their own. For that 1% extra sales Exactly. Tax. That's a yeah. big amount of money probably. Yeah. But the problem is like everybody's fighting for it, which means the rules are always changing. And it's, I think it's hard for e-commerce brands and, and even like soft, I mean, anybody that's selling online, it's hard because these thresholds are really small. They're not like huge, right? It's like 200 orders usually or $100,000. Right. And 200 orders, if you think about it, like a subscription business, if you're just running an app on an app store, yeah. if you have a guy that's, you know, I don't know if you guys use budgeting apps or whatever that is, it's like some of them cost like 15 bucks, yeah. which isn't a ton, but that subscription is now monthly, but that's 12 orders for that year. Yeah. So, you only, so that's like what? 14 customers or something. 15 exactly. Customers. You don't even need a lot to get there. And even if you look at like, I mean, you were talking about like Ron and Avi, right? Like those guys, they have this like subscription, the collagen piece, right? Yeah. That that doesn't take a long time to get to the level where you need to be. And some people have it bi-weekly. This isn't even yeah. like a monthly thing. Wow. Yeah. So that stuff adds up and, and it's tough because for these brands, unlike these larger companies that have like the resources in house that have like the people, they don't have that. And they're trying to run things lean. They're trying to focus on growth. Sales tax is a cost center. You're not making money off of this. Yeah. You're not making profit off of this. So how are you going to find the best way to make sure you take care of it, but also don't end up paying like. So so what what, what does ZAMP do that like a normal say, account won't do? It's, I'd say like, it's not so much about what do we do that other people, like an accountant doesn't do. I think the way that you think about it is like <clears throat> sales tax has been around for, you know, like a hundred plus years, right? The, the process has, the rules have changed, but the process is, very similar in some ways. The thing with an accountant is that with sales tax these days, that knowledge has become very domain specific. So accountants, they're, they do sales tax as a way to help their clients. They're saying like, hey, we support you in bookkeeping and these other things. Our core thing is not sales tax, but we're going to do it for you because we want to keep you as a client and keep you happy. Mm. Usually what happens with the accountants is they'll say, hey, 
let us get a software out there. Let, it, let us get a provider and let us manage that provider for you. Because sales tax is complex enough where they don't want to be sitting there taking in tying numbers. They don't want to be sitting there like updating rates manually, et cetera, because these things happen pretty frequently. So what we do is we tell customers, hey, listen, like if you onboard with us, once you onboard, that process takes like one or two calls, which is like an hour each. You won't ever have to touch it again. It's like a set it and forget it. With the accountant and with other providers, you have to go in and sometimes manage it. You got to manage their expectations. You got to be like, hey, like what happened here? And it's this like element of talking to somebody that doesn't do this as like they, they haven't been doing this as like. Yeah. And, and then what's like the secret, like the secret that you guys do behind the scenes that like make it so easy to like make stream happen? I think I, I, I tell everybody this, like investors, like customers, everything. I think it's, I'm not the sales tax guy, but I did hire sales tax people. The people, I think the people are what makes it successful is the people in the technology, right? Technology streamlines it, but the people is because when you look at our team, there were a couple of different exits that happened in the space. One of them was this company called Ta Tax Jar. They got bought mm -hmm. by Stripe for like, you know, nine figures, maybe 10 figures type thing. Uh, you have a company called Avalara, got bought by yep. Vista Equity for $8.4 billion. All the, I'd say like 75% of my team has worked at either at least one or two of those companies. Wow. And when I say like they've worked, they've actually helped build it. Like they were in the first like 20 employees at TaxJar, yeah. most of them. And like from engineering to tax to whatever. So the people that are taking care of that risk, at the end of the day, it's risk, right? The people that are taking care of that risk for you are people that have already done it before. And one person I'll mention, her name is Nicole Power, right? She, this Nicole Power, Grand Martin, they've worked as state auditors before. So when someone comes to us and they're like, hey, listen, like, why, why should we trust you? Like, you're like, you're like a company that just is barely getting to 100 customers. Why should we trust you? And they're like, we're like, okay, because this isn't our first time doing it. And if there are problems, we have contacts at the state where, unlike with other providers that accountants or whoever else, they have to go through this process of, let me call the state. Let me figure out who the right person is. That takes a couple hours. These people have these contacts on like texting basis. That's cool. So when you think about risk, like the stuff that you're talking about, like, hey, I'm going in to clean up my stuff. It's just, what do you care more about? Like your time? Or do you care more about like doing it yourself? And at some point in a, in a company, you just have to get leverage. So, so, so pretty much like behind the scenes, there's like a bunch of accountants that are doing all this stuff. I would, I think it's, it's driven by technology, meaning like we import like all the data. Okay. We have, we have these reports that are created that look exactly like the state website they flow into the state website. So it's like a one-to-one -one match. There's no accountants, I'd say. There's people that are like sales tax auditors mm. that are running it on the back end. So you're pretty much doing like the opposite of scraping. Like you're like, yeah. like you're scraping your own forms that you're making and then you're putting them into like the online forms. Yeah, sense. well, we, we actually scrape the online forms so that when, the, when we have people come in, it essentially, it's not like when we give it to the customer, a lot of times what happens, you give the form to a customer and you're like, hey, listen, here's the form. And the customer looks at the state website, like, why does this look the same? And people never had it so that it was a one-to-one -one match. And now we've, I don't, I don't think anybody in the industry does this because it's pretty hard. It's the form that we've created is a one-to-one -one match with what's online because we've scraped kind of the form online. Interesting. And the way it's going to happen is like every time the form changes, our forms will change. Got you. And so like when you talk about like, when you look at it from an accounting perspective, we don't need accountants because that's all like tech. That's being filled in yeah. automatically. Where like the people come in is like the the onboarding process. Like when I bring you in as a customer, I set up your account the right way because that's where a lot of people run into trouble. Like you talked about everybody, we just turned on all the states. Like we make sure you turn on the right states at the right times and we manage that for you. Gotcha. And then on the back end, if like you have these notices from states, we'll respond to all those emails, all those traffic, all that stuff. So you basically are just hands off. Nice. How much does it cost? It depends. Like, I mean, starter tier is like one ninety nine a month. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of like scales up because the we do this like all-in-one pricing. We take care of everything for you. And our whole point is like, let's start people. It's kind of like, let's charge people what's fair and, and has value. So I wouldn't say like, we're the cheapest solution on the market. You could probably find something super cheap, but we probably have the highest value in the market in terms like, of- Like you start charging like by state and everything too though? No, we don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. It's unlimited. So I know some of those guys like tax driver, like they start charging like literally per se, like $75 a state or whatever. Exactly. But the problem with that is that your incentives are misaligned yeah. because what you care about is you want to make sure your business is in the best position for least risk possible. What they care about is they make money from like per registration, per filing, per like everything. And when you register, and a lot of people don't know this, but 
when you register in the state, you can actually, as a provider, if they're your provider, they can say, hey, you know what? Like, we're going to ask Kyle to file monthly in Idaho. But you could, based on your revenue, only have a oh, file like annually, right? Yeah, exactly. So then you're doing 12 rather than one and they get paid oh, per. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. crazy. <laughs> so whenever you see people like do this per filing thing, and it's just because, usually it's because they don't have the technology built to be able to say, hey, listen, like we'll do it unlimited. And number two, they also just don't have, uh, like they don't have their incentives really aligned with what customers are looking for. So yeah, true. Have you raised a bunch of money for this too? We raised, uh, like we raised a, a little over four million last year. Nice. Uh, we're getting a little bit hounded by some uh, A investors now, but probably just gonna keep heads down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm assuming a lot of that's like for hiring and like building out like the the product and everything, like the software and everything. Yeah, it's just. I mean, this last year it was just this. Uh, you know, a lot of these tax jar people got let go. Okay. And got so it. like tax jar is basically put on life support essentially. What, why is that? It's, they got, they got acquired by Stripe. Okay. And I don't know ex my, this is my intuition. And like, you know, obviously this isn't, I don't know if this is right or if this is not right, but it sounds like they've let go of all the salespeople, let go of engineers, the product team. I mean, there's a lot of people, support is gone, sports being outsourced. So, and I think a part of it is because the, the product that was built is really difficult. And I think Stripe probably wanted something that has that technological capability. But I want all the other bells and whistles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what they're saying is like, hey, listen, we process your payments for like this, you know, 25, 35 basis points or whatever that looks like. Uh -huh. And you know what? We can also do your, we can calculate your tax for you for another 25, 35 basis points. So now you've like, you know, 10x your revenue. I mean, doubled your revenue potential for like a fraction of the cost. Dude, Stripe is so good at that. Good, yeah. Like the, the, the amount of little like fees that they make is just kind of <laughs> crazy. crazy. Oh yeah, it's, it's like they have like an invoicing fee, then they have a payment processing fee, and then they have like another fee, and another <laughs> transaction fee. fee like, like, like literally, like so you put like a thousand dollar invoice through Stripe, you'll probably get out like nine hundred and like fifty dollars. Not like even that. sometimes. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And you're just like, well, I thought it was two point three percent, two point nine percent. I was like, it's like, yeah, it is, but there's also an invoicing fee that you didn't yeah. know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, luckily, like we're in, like we have this like some credit for the first year or something. Uh -huh. So I'm just kind of riding the wave on that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. like we kind of get a little bit that's solid down the line but yeah anyways we spent the money to like build out our team and hire these people that got let go and uh, yeah. we just thought there was a better way to do what, it what was the process of like hiring i'm sorry raising like four million dollars like what did that look like how long did it take so this is like funny that? actually like we raised so people call it crazy but we raised money without a ceo oh nice so i i i wasn't like my goal wasn't in the beginning, I wasn't like, hey, that's what I said. Like, I'm not, I don't know if I was going to be running the sales tax company. I was like, hey, I think this is a really good idea. Me and my co-founder, like, I think this is something that we can really build to zero to one. And then we should probably get a CEO in. Uh, the process was in the, actually, it was a pretty shitty time because market was going to shit. This was Q4 last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. People were starting to invest in AI. People were saying like, oh, like everything's going down. War was happening. This, and I was just like, of course, the one time I actually choose to raise venture money, like, <laughs> Great. This is awesome. You were in an AI sales tax company. <laughs> Dude, we even joked about it. Should we just buy Zamp.ai? Literally. <laughs> just just, just I mean, but like, it was a little bit of like, we have relationships in this space. So there were some people that were like, oh, you guys have built companies before, you know, we'll, we'll bet on you. But like that last like 50% was definitely uh, a little bit of a, a slog. So over time, like we built like pre-rev. I mean, we raised pre-rev, pre rev pre product and then like while we were building team we just uh raised money god and was it like a continuous just like safe or did you do like a like one time kind of like seed round type of thing no we did like a couple of safes so we told i mean we told people like if you come in early and you bet on us like i i mean i know this is going to be successful given like where the market is it's execution risk at this point and so we told people, hey, if you come in early, we'll give you good terms and you'll own more of the company. A little discount here. And there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was like a significant discount. I mean, the people that came in later had to pay almost like a 2x price. Oh, wow. Mm. So, but there's a lot of value in that because now like when we go back to people and if we're like ever like, hey, we want to raise a little bit of capital, I know who believed in us first. And I know that they, they would be willing to bet on us again, you know? And I think there's something to be said about and, that. And, and I'm interested to hear because like raising 4 million is obviously phenomenal feat but then you're like well i gotta raise a series a now i'm assuming yeah right? so like you're probably doing I, i'm gonna spit out some numbers here <laughs> probably doing like one and a half to two million arr type, type of thing yeah i mean we're, we're, we're like getting there yeah and i think like that i think the way that our business is built uh 
we actually don't, there's a chance that we don't actually raise that much capital. You don't need it. Exactly. We don't need it. And we're in this time in the market where you've seen a lot of these companies from last year. Like I've been on the venture side before and you, it was an exciting time for a lot of founders because you're like raising these $30 million rounds and you have like 500K in revenue and you're like, holy cow, like I'm living the dream, baby. <laughs> and, and now you're like in this situation of like, do I even, like, why do I do that? And so why not wait till the market is a little bit better? Why don't we just ride this wave? Why don't we get to a point where we're actually running an efficient business and then just raise capital when, when we kind of need capital. So. So, so it's like pretty much in a sense, your sales is like, like your sales is like being an accountant in a sense. It's like, hey, we're a better accountant. So come work with us, right? Yeah, well, I think yes and no. I think like the people that are, we're basically saying like, hey, sales tax is getting complex. The existing providers aren't, are out there aren't really aligning with what you're looking for in terms of that, like whether it's support, whether it's like a plethora of other things. And our approach is much better and it's gonna be helpful for you as you grow your business. And so we're not doing anything crazy from a rocket science perspective, but I promise you we're gonna mitigate all of your risks. And, and it's a probably a really sticky platform in a sense where it's like, once yeah. you're locked in, you're in. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at like Avalara, for example, like the, these guys, I mean, I, I have, have talked to customers where they have a hard time even getting in touch with person within three weeks. And yet they're oh, still wow. able to keep a customer. Well, they yeah. have to because like think, think of like all the states <laughs> exactly. connected. Yeah. I was telling you before the bullshit sales tax. We get all these <laughs> letters, all these states. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Like you have, you have yeah. to find someone. There's only tax revelator now. There's Zamp. So it's 100%. like, yeah, right? it's like pick, pick pick your fights. You know, pick your yeah. best one. And I think the tough thing is like once you're on the radar, you can't just like stop being on the radar. It's not like oh I, I'm using this like marketing tool and you know what all of a sudden like we're gonna stop being marketing for a month. Blah blah blah. Like. We're gonna cut SEO. Like, there's no like cutting it. Like, once you're in, like you're in the deep end. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you guys like get new customers? That was all like referral based, sales based. What are you guys doing? So I think it's like a mix, right? I think, I think at the end of the day, like we kind of self recognize that sales tax is not the number one priority for any business. It should it's never. Not I mean, sexy. <laughs> well, sales tax is not sexy for sure. No. <laughs> but I, I also think like if if sales tax is your number one priority. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of sexy. Like I'm thinking about it in the background. I'm like, fuck. Like the numbers make sense. Like the numbers. Oh, are for sure. Good. No, I'm, I'm like, saying from, from, from business, the customer oh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from a business standpoint, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, fuck. It's very like, sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's very sexy. Dude, that's why there's so many of these people. I'm about that, to invest after this. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, open up the safe. <laughs> in. There, it's funny because like these these customers, like I mean, first of all, I'd be shocked if a customer if a customer is telling me, "Hey, sales tax is my number one problem." Like we got other problems, yeah. but they they're not focused on they're focused on revenue and they're focused on profit margin, and and that should how it be. And maybe sales tax is that third or fourth item. So going direct to customers is sometimes like a right move, but I also think it's not. I think it's building trust within the community. And how do you, and it's so that when they do want a new solution or if the pain point is high enough, how can you be that solution for them? And yeah, the newer ones you can just get in front of, but some of the larger ones that you want, like we, we work with like Glamnetic now, like Tushy and yeah, some, of these, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of these larger companies, but a lot of that was just relationship based. And so the way we kind of go about it is like, hey, let's partner with these CPA groups, these accounting firms and whatnot, because they don't like doing it. But as a brand, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to your accountant and you're really, hey, can you, you, you want to run sales tax for me? They're going to be like, Absolutely not. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. But you can use Zamp. <laughs> and I just I and I tell people like I just know that when our hat is in the mix, like we win. And so and it's not about winning. It's just about like we provide the right kind of support to our customers. And so that accounting CPA channel is probably one of them. And then the other group within that is like just fintech platform. So you know your 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 Parkers of the world, the Amplas, the you know. We have Parker on next week. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're we're like in the middle of talking to their their team to figure out like how we can potentially work together because I know that a lot of these platforms they provide this a lot of things for e-commerce businesses on the finance side, but sales tax is a really key piece of that. And so, how can we kind of loop in with their platforms and kind of support? Their and this is also like for like a SaaS company have to pay sales tax right yeah exactly it's not even like just e-commerce it's any company yeah. that's online that Dude, it's does like, processes payments online right? it's literally every company in the united states has to pay sales and not even like not even SaaS. it's like any company like any company right yeah yeah i yeah, think the yeah. question is just like how the problem with it is like offline and online like mediums of holding transactions is different and the way people process transactions is different so sometimes it doesn't always like it's not like lining up 
I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Oh, so like with e-commerce, it's simple because like you have Shopify, yeah, for example, exactly, and all the data is like perfectly set up yeah. for you, right? But if you're using I don't know some other random thing that's like custom built SaaS platform, for like, sure. Well, what are you using? I guess if you're using Stripe, you could probably. Yeah. Work, well, work we well we have like even for the custom ones, we have like an API, right? Because like if you look at like a way bag or like Misfits Market, all these people they don't use Shopify. Oh, they don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like they they're not on these like they're not on these. I mean, they're just they're not I, on CMSs that are like normal, right? Yeah, yeah. And they at some point like every if you're a large enough e-commerce merchant, I mean. And Shopify is changing this, obviously. They're starting to support enterprise customers. But a lot of these larger e-commerce customers today, like they don't use Shopify. Uh, they, they want their, and it's because Shopify takes some margin and, and everything's about margin for them, right? So they move it to their own platforms, but we're launching our API in the next like actually three weeks. And that's going to help us integrate into their platform directly. So they say like, hey, mm. let us take your API. Let us integrate it into our platform platform and you can calculate it at the point of sale so you don't need an integration interesting but the problem that you're talking about is like offline retail so like the macy's like the nordstrom's and stuff like that they have different systems no that's a little bit harder to get into because you start opening up like a separate can of worms when you get into like offline but like I, I feel like currently the market's so big of all these online leg businesses it's like who cares you know what I mean? oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah there's like millions and millions of merchants on just on shopify which i think yeah, is it's nuts. nuts like people don't think about that oh yeah I think there's there's so much space on. I mean, it's like e-commerce businesses, SaaS businesses, digital <clears throat> services, and the good thing about this is that everybody's moving in that direction, and it's everybody's business is eventually going to start. Not like at least part of it will be online, so it's a good place to be versus like some of these offline, offline spots. So. Uh, I know also before Zamp and everything, you're doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, it's funny because I actually when I was in, when I was in school, like I never even, I, I didn't even, I mean, to be honest, I didn't even think about, Hey, I'm going to be like a founder of a tech company. I always thought like, Oh, I'll be like an early stage employee, ride the wave out. with some what, Based on your LinkedIn, that's what it looked like you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah and, I was like, <laughs> and like, I mean, you guys have probably met people that like, where, where are you from, by the way? I'm from Michigan. Michigan. Okay. I, I got you go to Umich. No, dude, this is like a sore spot too, because <laughs> I actually wanted to go to Umich. It was my number one choice. I got into Penn. I was in this like I got into this like program engineering Wharton type thing. And, and I was still like, I, I told my parents, I'm going to go to Umich. You want to go to Umich <laughs> over Wharton, really? It's because the, I didn't know any better. And I think looking back, I don't like, I don't regret it, but I did. I do like, I grew up with like the Michigan, like football spirit, like the uh, basketball, yeah, yeah. like that culture. And if, and where did you guys go to school? I went to Berkeley. Where did you go to Rutgers. School? She went to Rutgers. Okay. So NIT. like you guys had like the, like, I mean, you guys had Jared Goff. Like, I mean, Rutgers is like a great football team. We yeah. never had that at school. Right. And I think at Penn, I kind of missed that a little bit. And that was a big part That's of the fair. reason why I wanted to go to Michigan. And a lot of people where I grew up, we didn't, we, we didn't come from like Horseman or like these like top tier, like public schools. It was like a pretty uh, like low tier, like public school. And so everybody went to like Michigan, Michigan state and like stayed in state. And it was like nice to be around friends for sure. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Michigan and, and uh, I ended up doing, went to school for like engineering and business, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do this like investment banking thing. It's going to be awesome. And I'm not even kidding. Like since 11th grade, I was like, I'm going to do investment banking. I'm going to go to Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Goldman Tech, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And that's why I want to get an engineering degree and, and a business degree so that I can do that. Hmm. Uh, ended up that like, I think, I think 10 months on the desk, like nine months, I just hated it. I was like, this is- Oh, you worked at, where'd you work? No, no, I worked at a place called MTS. So this is even, this is even worse. Like I, I ended up being at a healthcare investment bank nice like <laughs> completely out of left field i was like oh you know what i'm gonna explore this was like my explore my passions i want to get into like i always wanted to get into healthcare i wanted to test it out like whatever and i, and I was like you know what i didn't do an internship i did internships on like venture and i was like you know what i'm gonna get into healthcare so i did this horrible because everybody's talking to me about these like drug molecules like hey this is this is and i'm just like like it's like it goes over your head. dude <laughs> And it's so hard to talk that language if you don't know. Like, imagine talking to somebody like a doctor, and they're trying to talk to you about e-commerce. It's, yeah. it's just, not, it's just tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then I left, and then I did private equity for like four, like a little over four or five. Oh, so years you did the so. whole shebang. You went from banking to private equity. You got recruited out and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I well, actually, I started recruiting like a month into my banking gig. I mean, I didn't, obviously like I don't think our team knew like that. You're on I, LinkedIn, like <laughs> I was just, re I just, I just knew in that first month, like. This is just not it. I'm, I'm curious. So what, why did it suck? Like just what sucked about it? I think it's the fact that you, and I don't know, maybe it's just like a different mentality. I think it's like, I worked so hard to get to this point and I, and I know that my capacity to do more is exists, but 
I'm just, I'm getting yelled at by this like low level associate for like missing a comma. Like, are you fucking kidding? You me? actually, like, I have like, like I have the like, deck. You missed the comma. I have legit email receipts of like the MD of where I worked just in like all caps saying, this sucks. You guys need to work on the weekend and get it to me ASAP. Oh, like sucks. what the fuck? And I'm just like, and it's kind of scary because it's your first job and he kind of puts that fear factor in you of like, holy cow, like if I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, but it puts the fear factor in you for other jobs. Cause it's like, oh, is this just how the, like how the job market is? And so like, I went to private equity in this like similar fear factor type thing. And I was like, oh, like it ended up being a lot better. And I liked it. I worked on a lot of e-com stuff and we worked on like the Bolthouse Farms transaction, like Carve Out Campbell's things. Like we worked on like the Orgain stuff for a little bit. Worked on cool things. And then eventually I was like, dude, this is the same shit every day over and over. Like I just, I just, re- I just read the, read a little bit about the company materials, put together a deck. And like, I look at my old deck and I say, wait, like what were the highlights here? Let me like try to figure out what the highlights is. And, and like, you get good at like wording things. Like you get good at like business language because unlike banking, which is copy paste, like you actually have to like be a little bit thoughtful here. A little bit. Yeah. It's like 5%. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was cool, but you get to a point where it's like, Hey, this is just so repetitive. It's how it was in banking. It's like, it was just mind numbing. I tell people like a monkey could do investment banking. Like, you could teach anybody investment banking. Well, cause bankers just make money on like a commission of a project. So it's like, just finish the fucking project and do another project exactly. over and over and over again. But it's not just about, but you don't make shit. No, you don't make shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're not making anything, the whole time. Dude. No, I know. And I don't even think you're making anything until you get to like the top, which is like, you're probably like 50, 60 years old. And the, the reason that they, and I think a lot of people don't appreciate this, the reason that they care so much about these commas and stuff is like, it's a commoditized product. So right? it has to be perfect. It has to, like if you, if some, for some reason, this client is selling a billion dollar company and you're going to make a 3% commission on it, as a partner, you're probably making 10, 15 mil. <laughs> and you're like, if you just put it into that context, right? You don't need to have a ton of deals to make a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it, like you made like a, 50 slide deck for like 10 million dollars <laughs> every slide is worth like i don't even know like a half a million dollars yeah, you know it's kind of exactly yeah and so, so that slide better be fucking good <laughs> and then it's like if the partner doesn't make money then the firm doesn't make money if the firm doesn't make money you don't have a yeah. job and yeah. it's like this whole like everything rolls downhill type mentality of like you just get screwed and pe is a little bit different because you're like the one has the money and you're like making the decisions and it's nicer but it's still like kind of repetitive so you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And actually it's funny because I didn't even think about entrepreneurship. I was like, I think this is the, like, I thought about like, oh, in 50 years, like I'm going to be making maybe 10 million. Like this is, this is like what I'm going to be doing because you kind of get brainwashed into thinking that this is, this is like the top tier job out there. Like finance and wall street is like here and you kind of see movies, right? Like Wolf on wall street and like other things that tell you like, wow, that's what I want to be. Yeah. Um, but then you step out and, and I, and I just, I was actually like at randomly like House of Yes and I met this guy. You guys know House of Yes? No, it's a... It's like some like random, uh, I don't want to say like underground club type thing in Brooklyn. We got to find it. (laughs) (laughs) We got to hear about it. I mean, it's it's like people have like the masks on, like paint and like all that kind of stuff. Like it's like a little bit... You know, it's not like the the the, the usual. Yeah. (laughs) The usual. Look this up after... (laughs) Dude, is it like I, a secret society? No, no, no. It's not a secret thing. It's just like they're a little bit more uh, like out there. All right. You know, what I, it, it, like it's like, um, yeah, to say it's a little bit out there. Right. You just have to go and check it out. I'll check it out. Um, it's like Cirque du Soleil, du Soleil type vibes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I go there and this is like when I was working my job and, and I hadn't like been looking for a job. And my friend like brings this guy and, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, nice to meet you. He ended up going to my school and he was like, hey, like. You should totally talk to this guy, like my co-founder now, his name is Edward Lando. Talk to this guy, like he's looking to hire somebody to, uh, you know, help out with investing in like building and stuff. I was like, oh, cool. Like I'm good with my job, like whatever. And and then eventually like, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to take up this guy. I'm just going to have this call. Cause sometimes I believe in like creating entropy. Yeah. And then you just have to like say yes to things and it'll just happen. Said yes to this guy, uh, ended up going, going to Soho house, got like dinner. I mean, uh, drinks with this guy. And then he was like, hey, like, you know, you seem like the right guy for this role. I'm going to introduce you to him. Like, because I think they like to do this, like, gate test of like, oh, is this guy just like bullshit or what's, what's the deal? He introduced me. The guy, like, I, and he, I texted He's like, oh, just text him. I text him. And I didn't know this guy. Right? Like, I didn't know, like, he was, like, what we had built before. I didn't know his success because you know how successful people They got other shit to do. And, like, yeah. you're not the first priority. 
And, and I'm used to coming from this private equity culture and banking where it's like, I text and they text back in like 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I text this guy over like at Friday morning. I was like, Oh, like, are you free to talk? Would love to love to jam on this stuff. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I get a text back at like 10 30 PM and I'm out. <laughs> I'm like full on out yeah. comedy show. I'm having drinks. And I, and at that moment I was like, he calls me and I, and I t- looked at my girlfriend. I was like, do I take this right now? And she was like, ah, like, you know, like whatever you want to do. And I was like, ah, I was like, I, it was like that, you know, when it's like you hit three rings and it's like, if I don't pick up now, yeah. going, it's, going, yeah. it's going to like voicemail. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Screw like, let me just do this. I don't love my job right now. Anyways. Like, I think it's fine, but I just want to listen to what this guy has to say. Ended up being on the phone with this guy for like an hour and a half. I'm like semi drunk, like walking outside, like, <laughs> yeah, walking in circles in the room. Exactly. On speaker, you're like yeah. this. Yeah, I've done the same thing. That's Dude, funny. Well, the text from your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, like, I, where are you? Where'd you go? Exactly. It's like, and, the, and like, I remember being on the phone. He's like, your phone is buzzing. Like, what's what's that noise? And I was like, dude, like guys, like, and I like had to do like the DND thing. Oh man! And it was funny because I was walking, I was, like I was outside his comedy, going walking around in circles, right? Like did the exact thing. And this is basketball court, and I see like another guy walking, and I was like, oh cool, like, this is open. And I think I was just so into the conversation that by the time we finished, it was awesome. And he was like, hey, listen, like we should meet tomorrow, whatever. But by the time we finished, they had locked the gates to like the basketball <laughs> court. So like I'm over here like. How the fuck do I get out of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so then I I ended up like climbing this fence and like jumping out and, and like I, I I ripped my I mean I I'm wearing the same pants but you see it was like oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's like this like rip from this thing and uh met the, and he like texted me after he's like we're meeting at like 9 a.m. and I was like dude I'm gonna be out to like one <laughs> like at least woke up met this guy walked around and and he did this like walking talking thing and it was cool because he kind of was the first person to be like, dude, you're really good at what you do, but why don't you come do it with me? And, and I think we can build a bunch of great businesses and invest together. And his whole thing was like, hey, I started Pareto with, uh, you know, uh, myself and like with another guy that's also a really elite founder. The, the guy who was like previously involved is like John Oranger. He's like the founder of Shutterstock. Oh, shit. And that's who we were talking about on the phone? Well, no, that was my, my it was his like business partner. partner at the time, like the, ex, oh, like wow. the prior partner. Uh, but I think, and, and, Ed had like started Misfits Market, uh, Goody, and like these big time like fintech and yeah. e-commerce platforms. And I think you, when you look at it, you're like, holy cow. And I, I remember just looking him up and I was like, holy cow, this guy's crushing it. He's like three, four years older than me. And when I look at the people around me, like, where do I want to be? Like, do I want to be like this guy where he's like dictating his own destiny? Or do I want to be like putting commas in a dick? <laughs> it's like, I definitely don't want to be doing that. And, and, and he was like, yeah, like come join my team, started investing with him. And, and I told him, I was like, dude, listen, like I kind of want to get into the like early stage entrepreneurship side. Like one of the pieces we talked about was like, how can I get in early to a company and just be like chief of staff? And he was like, dude, why would you be chief of staff? Why don't you just run a company? He's like, the, the, the upside there for you is just significantly higher. And also you get to see how it, like, you know, the sausage is made from the beginning. <laughs> and... and <laughs> And I think like eventually, I think having him and having people similar to him where our whole team is founders and operators at Pareto and everybody had started a company and everybody was always thinking like, what can we start? What can we build? Like, Hey, let's, let's build like a, like a, you know, cat software. Let's build a dog food company. Let's build a supplements brand. Let's, you know, and it was just this constant, it's just felt like this constant energy. Whereas in like the finance of wall street world, it's very like monotone. It's very like, we have this Wednesday meeting and it's like. No. Nothing gets decided. Sixty-year-old white guy just being like, "You got to show up, man." Yeah. yeah, dude. And it's everybody's like a little bit. It's everybody's older, and like everything moves slower, and everything's like very bureaucratic. And here, and things are happening on a whim. Like one one day, we decided we're gonna start this company. Next week, that company is like not happening, and we're starting another. And it's like, yeah. And I like that speed, and I felt like I was alive. Eventually, like we, uh, and I was actually like thinking about starting like a uh, like a Zoom Info competitor. You guys know Zoom mm, Info, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. And then I read about Apollo and like all these things, and I was like, oh, cool. Like I think this is a really cool idea because everybody needs contacts as email marketing starts to ramp up and more. It's like how can you get more data? At the same time, like the way that Zamp actually came up, and I'll, and I'll bring this around, is because a lot of our as an early stage investor, like we did pre seed stage deals. There were so many things that there's. There's so many things that there's so many companies that we invest in, but there's also so many things that people ask. So how can you provide? And, and people always say like investors suck, but I think like having been on both sides, I understand from an investor perspective, especially early stage. Like you have so many companies out there, it's hard to give 
everybody like 20 minutes of your attention like every week because like time is a limited resource and you need to be making deals and to make deals you need to put in time and so a lot of times what i looked for is like how can i get leverage for the companies like how can i look for one thing that's going to help 50 companies and whether it's like you know like a platform like incense which is like Mm -hmm. the creator platform or whether it's like hey like talk to triple whale for this or hey like here's you know uh talk to you know my my friend reggie he, he knows how to do the ai stuff and knows how to implement it and it's kind of like what is that one thing and, and you kind of look in the asks section that companies have and usually it's like hey i, I need and you're just like i need money i need right? interest <laughs> more investors yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's i think number one thing is like i need money number two is like i'm looking to hire somebody like a head of product or you know e-commerce person manager or whatever else like agency like can you help me and the third on there was i think i saw it a lot was like sales tax Oh, really? Okay. It was, and it was the same problem. Like, Hey, like we're having issues with Avalara, like, or, or t- tax jar. Like, do you know? So, and it was, and for some reason I was like, it was, do you know somebody there? And I was like, dude, like, what <laughs> do you think I just have like a hot dial to like support? <laughs> to be like, Hey, like, let me just get you on the phone with them. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and after a while it was just like, okay, let me just look into it so that I can figure out how to help our portfolio companies because, and I was like, oh, let me make a revenue stream out of this. Cause obviously I was like still like early at this group and, trying to help out and maybe I could bring in some extra revenue for the business. So I reached out to people there, you know, and it was this like conversation of like, uh, talking to the operators, talking to their business, understanding their sales process. I realized like these platforms isn't exactly what people were looking for. People didn't want to just sign up with a software provider. They wanted somebody to just do everything for them. And these people weren't doing it for them. And so at that point I was like, me and Ed were like, dude, this is, I think it was a brilliant. I was like, Hey, do you have this problem at Misfits? Do you have this problem at your other companies? And he's like, yeah, this is a huge problem. And, but it's not something that people talk about yeah. because people only talk about, Hey, how well are we doing? Like, what does our revenue look like? Okay. Like what are our margins? Are we like 40%? Are we 50%? Like what is uh, you know, what three PL are we using? Nobody's talking about the sales tax side, but when you dig into it, it's always a problem. Always a fucking problem. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And so yeah. You, we were kind of like, why don't we just start this thing? But I think as investors and especially coming from like a more risk averse background of private equity, you're like, how do I, how do I make sure that, how do I put our business in the best position so that if I do start it and I hire people, like it doesn't like, fail. fail. Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't think it's, I've seen too many people during, and, and people did this a lot, like in 2019 to 2021, they just braced a bunch of capital. And now you're seeing like the ramifications. They braced a bunch of capital, hired people, and then they just had to let go of these people. And it would happen like, it's like a one-year turnover and all these people that like signed up for your vision, like signed up to believe in you, but like, number one, you ruin your trust a little bit in the market. But number two, it's like, what kind of standard do you hold to yourself? Of like, how you run a business? And so we looked and we're like, oh, these acquisitions happened that I mentioned, like the tax jar one and the Avalara one, like they weren't supporting customers. Like, okay, the timing makes sense. Now can we get the people to do this? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to just go in and just hire like X square guy. Because it's such a niche space that it's not just like, oh, let's hire an like an X Airbnb X square guy. Like I have to get these people to do it because Tax I don't have exactly all your options. Yeah. And it's, and the there's, there's people out there that are looking to do it with people that don't know sales tax and, and maybe they don't run into trouble like day one or, or day two, but eventually over time, like that trouble will, if you are like willing to take 5% risk on every customer, that risk will start compounding. It makes sense. And you'll get, you'll get caught on the back end. So it's like, how can we do this? And so we started talking to the you know operators and, and people and we're like, hey, listen, that's all these people are like, this, th- we think there's a better way to do this. So we raised the money to essentially hire this team. And uh, that's kind of how this ended up being like a whole Shit. Uh, whole thing. I, I never was like, oh, I want to do sales tax. It was more of like an organic thing of like finding a problem. Let's problem solve. Oh, we, we can't find a problem for this. Why don't we just build it ourselves? Do you guys have an office or is it more like remote? I, so I have, I wish I had an office. I wish we had an you office. just get an office. No, we, I, I have an office. Oh. The team as a whole doesn't, like we're all remote because, so this is like where other teams' culture start to permeate too. Taxter was all remote. So all of their best talent is in all different parts of the country, like oh, Seattle, Maine, Florida, Arizona. There's like, we have like people in like Missouri and like, and it's just like, you know, you just don't get that access. And I would rather, I'd rather get the best people that work separate places than get like semi okay people that work here. Yeah. Especially for a product that I have don't really like, it's not my first domain expertise. So you, yeah. like, you don't know, but they know better than you. So it's like, 
just feel comfortable and do your thing type of thing. Exactly. And I think it's just about the interview process. I mean, we, I mean, I talked to maybe two, 300 people, give or oh, take wow. it. It's just about finding the Question, right person. How, how do you get to interview 300 people? Cause like, for example, I've hired a lot of people before yeah. and like, it's always hard. Like you put a job list here up on like ZipRecruiter or Indeed. Like yeah. You're only going to get so many people that fit the mold. How do you get 300 people? Like actually, I, I don't do that. What do you do? <laughs> I, I think like, for me, I want the best person. Okay. And I just make my wish list of here are the 50 people I'm going to go after. And I, I, I do whatever I can to talk to these 50 people. Oh, so you go out to them. Yeah. And you just try to like poach them pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people were like actually fortunately and unfortunately for them, they were also out of jobs. Got you. So, so it, was, it was a perfect marriage. Yeah. It was a little bit of a perfect storm. And there were some people that I had to be like, hey, uh, like I had to put up a job posting just to see like what that interest would be like. I just like to have a catch all. But I usually find that if you want the best people, you like you have to go after them. And because nobody's going to be able to, I mean, you guys are like, you have your own companies, like nobody's going to be able to tell that person what your vision is. Nobody's going to be able to tell that person what your vision is by a JD. Like you, they're yeah. also not going to understand like, who are you? Like, and it's all about like, people use LinkedIn, people use like Twitter, but all that, all these platforms are about connection, like personal connection. So why not put your like personal connection out there and, and find a way to bridge that gap. For sure. No, I like that. I've been doing some more of that where like, I just find like, um, my problem is I want people to be in person. I, yeah. I, I hate remote. Like, I just have an assistant in Belize. <laughs> wow. And she was actually good, but like, it was just weird. Cause like, I, f I just wanted to be like next to them. And yeah. like, this is exact, like you're doing like 70% of what I want, but here's a hundred percent, but I can only show it to you. Cause like, if you were here, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's weird like that. I had to fire her because I just like, wasn't working out. <laughs> um but like i want everyone to how was that firing process for you by the way like i mean did, did you would you feel like and i asked because it was like a remote person i'm in the process of potentially hiring an assistant too yeah because i just need a little bit more leverage oh yeah. uh, well i hired them to like an agency oh okay so like they actually fired them for me okay. and then the guy was like, i'll give you somebody else and i was like oh let's just wait up a little bit yeah um belize is actually a very good country though for uh mm -hmm. like virtual assistants they speak fluent english they read english oh nice and they're in the same time zone as us that's the uh, best. I think they're, they're like one hour off. Um, my sister also had like an iPhone, which is kind of sick. I could like FaceTime her and like text her like blue text <laughs> and everything. It was pretty cool. And it was cheap as hell. <laughs> the standard uh, is pretty low. It's like if you have blue text, <laughs> that, that's what no, we're, you're, you're qualified. Because you, you hire some of these VAs and you have to like WhatsApp, yeah. whatever, oh, like, like Google, whatever. It's like, fuck all that. I just wanted to call. <laughs> I, I want to FaceTime you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What did you guys talk about on FaceTime? Not like, uh, like, oh, like, she, like, like, like oh, okay. no, no, like, like she would just like text herself. I'd be like, I'll just call you. Like, oh, I'll, I'll just yeah, call her and be like, yeah. she's like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. You know what 100%. I mean? I just feel like calling people is easier and like FaceTime is even better than calling. Cause it's like, oh, you actually see the person. You see like how yeah, they're like, they're not in their bed. Like. They're, not, they're on their, yeah, they're not sleeping. <laughs> all these things. Actually, a good thing about them too was like, they were an agency. So like they would make them come to the office every single day. Uh -huh. So they would work in the office. Mm. Um, so yeah. I actually, like I try to implement, I mean, I don't try to implement it, but I try to have everybody like on our meetings, just put on their videos so that you can just, hundred yes. percent, especially if you're like a remote team. I think that's pretty important. I yeah. think that the, the <laughs> most turnoff thing is when I'm on a sales call and the person doesn't turn on their fucking camera. Yeah, I'm like, Hey, yeah. I think your camera's not working. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. And they're like, no, it didn't. Ah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Like it doesn't work. And you get like some bullshit. Excuse. Yeah. Some bullshit. Yeah. Excuse, and I'm like, oh, I guess mine doesn't work now. <laughs> I'm going to match your energy. Um, no, but yeah. like, yeah, firing them. Like I fired like that. Like obviously when you fire anybody, you don't feel good about it. Yeah. Um, I've had to fire people before. And I'm just worried about good. the EA stuff because it's harder to suss out. And it's like, I'm, I'm like looking at this agency and it's like pretty inexpensive. Which one? Shepard? No, it's like this group out in like Philippines that just like is supposed to be like. Yo, talk, talk to my guy in the Belize though. Like actually, like I'll uh -huh. connect you with them. Cause that's like, one of hundreds. One of right? hundreds. Yeah. But yeah. like, they're like, they're like legit. Like I just like, cause they spoke like no accent English. Yeah. I like, could read English. It was just like, I felt like, okay, I'm talking to someone who would, would work here you know what I mean? <laughs> at, at overseas prices at overseas oh, prices. Yeah, oh no. Sure. Yeah. It was like, like $7 an hour or something like that. Dude, yeah. I have this whole like thesis that I think, and people, a lot of people disagree, but I think that, I mean, we have a couple of our people based out of uh, like our engineers. They're in Like, I mean, they're our team, but they're based out of like South America. Okay. But they're like top talent on our team. Yeah. Right. And, they like we picked them out of people that we saw in the United States too. Oh, wow. and like outreach that we like the I'm talking about the direct outreach that we we're just talking about. Like we used some recruiters because I think engineering is a little bit harder, but we did direct outreach. We built our lists. We got the recruiters, and we still picked them. And I have this thesis that like a lot of talent is going to be start shifting overseas, especially 100%. as like the language barrier starts to drop. 
And there's just more of like a global connective tissue of like, hey, everybody speaks English. Everybody has like similar levels of education, access to education with, you know, the Coursera's, the Unibies and like mm -hmm. whatever the world. So, uh, and I'm pretty excited about that. Another great country for engineers is Poland. Really? Poland's like full of engineering talent. So like we built our own WMS in-house, um, like our warehouse management system. And like, it's all just Polish team that like did it all. Dude, our entire, yeah. I mean, the people that help us on our web development is all Ukraine. There you go. Legendary. Yeah, yeah. Eastern, Eastern, yeah. I guess that's Eastern Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, and I think they're like a mix of Eastern European people too. And I, I, I've never worked with more responsive people in my life. And that, not that our, I mean, our team is awesome too, but like, yeah, I think just yeah, like yeah. from a agency and like perspective, I was a little bit skeptical at first because hundred percent, you know, you see like go to Upwork and they have like 10,000 five star reviews. I was like, what, like, are you just buying your reviews? Like, how? right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, it's yeah, kind of yeah. nuts. They're just like whoring out to <laughs> <laughs> and also like i think these days it's so easy to and you see it i think on like instagram and like other stuff where people just you like buy followers right or you yeah. buy like like i've seen people buy like there's companies that like you can buy reviews from oh, of course yeah, yeah and it's like how many of these are actually legitimate who knows and so i was initially i was like oh like we're just gonna start with a small project and then like you know they crush it and you're like okay here's some more here's some more and then now it's like they're just running like website stuff for us. Nice. Which yeah. is like that's huge. How, yeah. how big is the team? Our team? Yeah. Our team is uh we just hired our marketing person, so it's sixteen now. Nice. Yeah. Damn. Growing. I think we we start I mean, I think this time last year we were two. So shit. Yeah. yeah we're, 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 <laughs> when you tell the vision to your like big investors, what do you tell them? I think if you I think if you look at the market, it kind of explains itself in some ways. The vision is that we wanna be the go to indirect tax compliance platform for businesses. Anything that, I mean, and what that means is like, their sales tax is one piece of it. As you get international, that's another piece of it. As you start going to different countries, that becomes another piece. This specific problem is so big, it's like a $30 billion problem. And there's not a lot of people in the world that can do it where they're like a one-stop shop for everything. Yeah. And it's important because this cosmopolitan piece is important because a lot of companies are starting to go international. They're starting to sell. You're just getting easier access to people across. Like you're mm -hmm. starting to see people, I mean like Quay, for example, like Australian company, they sell mm -hmm. into the United States very easily. But like today we can't support them. So how can we build a platform where we're supporting like global commerce and making it a little bit easier? Frankly, I think United States is like probably the hardest rules. So yeah. we started with the US. <laughs> but that's, that's like the bigger vision. But when you look at market, sales tax is getting more complex the rules change pretty regularly. Uh, I don't want to say like regularly, it's like monthly, quarterly, yeah. really depending on change by state, change by city, district. On top of that, like you're seeing new and new, new products come up all the time in the market, different rules. So the complexity is growing. The different, the number of businesses online is growing. E-commerce is kind of in its like, I'd say like in its early stages. And you're going to start seeing more and more e-commerce companies take up more and more market share of just retail generally. As that grows, like our industry grows too. So when you look at it, like we don't need to be like a monopoly in the space. We just need to be one of the options in the space. And I mean, I want to be the top option, but the vision is like, let's help indirect tax for everybody. Space is growing. There were some cool acquisitions that didn't happen in the market, but I think we can do it better and make a lot of it like tech driven instead of like services oriented. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Do you have anything? I was going to ask uh, if you were to be running an e-commerce brand right now, would you bake the cost of sales tax into the product cost? Or would you just check on that feature that says collect sales tax on Shopify? But you, well, so I think it's the latter because this is, I think where a lot of people run into trouble. They actually, so, and this kind of like gets to your point too, is like a lot of people don't realize that sit, like they have to collect sales tax. Or they say like, hey, like, and we kind of talked about this earlier, e-commerce founders just say, screw it, we're not collecting sales tax. When you're not collecting sales tax, you're putting the risk on your own business. You're saying like, hey, you know what? Like, I know we're supposed to be charging these customers a million dollars out of like $20 million of our revenue, but we're not gonna charge that million dollars. But if the states come asking, we'll pay it out of pocket. So that's, that's margin. Too. Yeah, but that's like your first instance of like, that's your margin. Yeah. But in reality, the way that it works is like, that million dollars, like you could pay a software provider, like I mean, you could pay us like literally five, 10% of that. And the amount that you're paying us now, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure you charge your customers your sales tax. Mm -hmm. So you're not paying it out of pocket. 
but that's really important because that doesn't get your margin. You get, you're not at risk with states. And then number three, like you're just, you're just not on the radar like that. The, I feel like the, the pushback on e-commerce is like, well, my, my uh, conversion rate goes down. That's pretty much a like little the, bit, the biggest yeah. pushback. It's like, well, I have to add this shit. So like, for sure, people already don't want to pay $60. I have to pay like 65. So it's like, it just screws me on that end, you know, hundred percent. And I think that from a, like a, uh, more, I mean, I guess if you want to price your product, yeah, maybe you want to loop it in maybe you don't, but I think consumers these days are, first of all, like if that's the reason people aren't buying your product, I have this opinion that's like, you have other issues. That's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think consumers these days are so used to paying the sales tax that it's not like, holy cow, like what, what am I paying? Yeah. It's a couple bucks. Yeah. And I think it may depend if it's like a hundred dollar order, your sales tax is going to be like up to $10. Right. And yeah, that's not like fun. And you might have to pay like another 10 for shipping, but right. Uh, people are kind of used to it these days. Like you go to like, you know, Whole Foods or whatever. You that's have true. To yeah, you have to pay sales tax, of course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like a make or break it for your bank either. So yeah, yeah. I, I, are there, I think there's apps that can collect the sales tax on your behalf and then like quantify it for you. There's also, you know, cohort, cohorts and stuff within Shopify. Um, but when you do charge that, I think typically if you don't have like a fancy app or something, all that revenue just goes into your regular bank account, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to be able to calculate that at the end of the day yeah. and then pay it. Exactly. Like you you have to, when you, when you're saying like when you charge the sales tax? Yes. Yeah, you can essentially manually charge it to your customers. That's like a whole, that's a complex process. Like yeah. some accountants do that, but non-tech driven. You charge that sales tax and I think the worst thing you can do is hold on to the sales tax. Like that's like, I think I tell our customers, like I would like rather have you not charge sales tax than to charge sales tax and hold on to it because that's right. basically like a felony. Yeah. And you're just like stealing money from the government. Yeah. But I think where it gets a little bit uh, harder if you do charge it and you do want to remit it is like some of these forms, they're like, hey, here's like all the fields. You need to tell us like which city we need to pay the sales tax to. We need to tell us which district. And it's like, dude, Jeez. I don't have time to go through all these orders. Which is why like tech becomes important of like, if you just know the location, what product you're selling, it'll automatically flow through our forms and it will be populated. And that's what, and it's kind of like, do you want to spend your hours doing that? Or would you rather just get somebody else to do it for you? And then you are spending those 10 hours on, you know, optimizing your marketing campaigns, optimizing like ad spend, building relationships in the space, whatever that is. It's kind of like, how much do you value your time? Interesting. Have you guys considered creating like an like an app on Shopify where it can collect that sales tax? It's, it's a private app. Oh, it's a private app. Got yeah. Can, can, but is there like, is there a way that you can collect just sales tax, but then reserve it in a separate place or an account to then have to pay wherever you need to pay it as opposed to going to like one central account with your regular revenue? Oh, that for sure. hundred percent. I think, I mean, that just depends on the, 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 uh, like the business itself. Yeah. I don't, I, we haven't done it so that it's like basically saying like, Hey, instead of going into your chase, it's going to go into your, like, I don't know, like your, your bank of America account right. or your Ample account. And maybe like, that's something that we look at, but I think the customer can move it into whatever account they want. I think for the customer, I think you can set, I think you can actually probably use like a Zapier integration mm -hmm. to essentially say like, Hey, all the sales tax that we collect from Shopify, just move it into this specific account, like a sub account. Or something yeah. Like but then now you're like getting, now you're getting like interest on it and like you're, you know, you're generating some money on like maybe the taxes that you collected. I mean, it's not for a long time. It's like probably for that month. Oh, or interesting. Quarter. <laughs> so that's a problem too. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that, but I mean, it could be like pretty, I mean, we see, I mean, I've talked to some businesses that do that where they, I mean, we're not talking like a million dollar business. We're talking yeah. about like $50 million businesses yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. are collecting like legitimate amounts of money in taxes where they'll just have it in like a, uh, like a one month treasury or like an X month treasury. And then they'll, uh, they'll essentially like use that specific account to draw down from when they do have to pay the taxes. So now like maybe they've made like a few $10,000, but like $10,000 maybe paid for their SEO or right. It's just finding that like optimization in your market a little sense. bit. Um, but it's not going to be like a ton. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that the threshold is only like 200 orders for most states, right? Yeah, it's usually so, 200 orders or 100K. And I think the other thing that people don't factor in, I think a lot of e-commerce businesses that we talk to, usually our sales process is usually like educational. It's, yeah. usually, it's not like, oh, I'm telling you what my product is. I'm just telling you like, hey, this is what your situation is. You you just figure out what to do. The one thing they miss is in a lot, I'd say like about a, a little over half the states, your wholesale orders, like 
you're, you know, if you're selling in uh, like a Whole Foods or Thrive or whatever, your wholesale and marketplace orders count towards your thresholds too. Also, if you look at 20K order, a couple yeah. of those, a couple in of one those, state. you hit 100K. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you see it with like companies like, like we support, I mean, like for example, you see like Sanzo or a lot of drink companies, they, they do a lot of their stuff through retail. And they're like, oh, like we don't have to pay sales tax, blah, blah, blah. Like, because they're, they're handling it for us. I was like, yes, but if e-commerce is a part of your business and it's like, they're doing like even a million in revenue, all of that stuff you're doing on retail is going to impact your, your e-commerce wow. stuff. And so people get into this, they come to Jeez. us and they're like, oh, like we got a notice from the state. Like, I didn't know about this, this, and this. And they find out because those marketplaces and these, these wholesale people, they're, they're doing their sales tax, right? Cause they have to, and they are saying like, Hey, this customer and this brand, I we're remitting sales tax on behalf of them. And this is how much money they made. So now the government knows, oh, this brand made this much money. Like I haven't seen anything from these guys for the last 12 months. What the hell? And it's getting worse now because there's this like stat where this past year, the government was supposed to collect a trillion dollars in sales tax. I mean, like I can't even quantify like a trillion dollars. And they only collected like two thirds of that. It's like 650 billion. Wow. So they missed a bunch. So they, dude, dude, <laughs> yeah. so they wow. missed a ton. Jeez. And when you look at the market, we were just talking about this earlier, is like consumer spending is tightening up. Like people are spending less. People are like less people. I mean, eventually less people are going to have jobs. The government's going to make less money on taxes in general. So how do you, how do you kind of tap into that? Instead of them collecting two thirds now, they're going to want to keep that 650 billion. But maybe the base is like 900 million now or yeah. 900 billion. It's like, yeah. how do I like do? And it's just more collections. And they're going to like, you're starting to see this. People just coming after them. People. Wow, this, this, this has been a sick conversation. I honestly wasn't expecting this for nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Earliest podcast we've ever done. This is the first done. one we've done like super early. But like, you were like, yo, you want to do it? I was like, honestly, fuck it. Let's try it. Get I mean, I would have been down. I mean, yeah, down for later, down for early. No, no, no. Uh, no. But. Cause like, I was like, well, if we get done by like 10, 10 30, it's like, oh shit. Like you have a yeah. whole day and like you had a good conversation. 100%. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no. Dude, thanks for sick. having me. No, what, dude, one, 100%. Yeah. I did not expect this conversation <laughs> at all. Um, but I do think it's like a very useful, like for tool, sure. tool of business to have, you know? Yeah. Cause like, like you said, e-commerce, obviously you need it, but like any online business needs sure. it. So like, you're going to be just fine with this one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I also yeah. tell people like, even if you don't, I mean, I, even if you don't need it, I can just talk to people and like, just tell you like, Hey, here's some advice on like what I think you should do. hundred percent. Because I think a lot of people take this approach in the market. I think this is any SaaS company. I actually hate, hate this about SaaS and e-commerce. They just pitch you a product. Like they just shove it down your throat and they're like, Hey, you have to use this. And they're trying so hard to convince you to use their product. And I think that approach is wrong where it's like, you should just help people. And if you help people, like it's kind of like a friend. If you help a friend, like that friend is going to come back to you. And of course, they want to reciprocate. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even, you don't do it for the reciprocation. You do it just to put like, I believe in like putting just good karma out there. Yeah. Just do the good. World. And then you'll get like some of that good back at some point. Yeah. hundred percent. This is sick. Where can people find you too? Uh, LinkedIn. Like I probably use the most. I had to uh, get a new Twitter because I had like an older Twitter from like, <laughs> Pro, like, you had all this like, stuff on there. And they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Not very Michigan investor days. friendly. It was Michigan high school days. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And it, it was just like a different time then. So yeah. uh, I have like a Twitter, a row on brand, but I usually like stay on LinkedIn, post content. And Zamp.com. Like what a domain. I was bothered. I was like, you probably paid yeah. a good amount of money for that one. That, yeah. Dude, we got lucky because so this goes back to like my co founder too. He's like very entrepreneurial, very like, Hey, let's start a bunch of businesses. And we, across all of us, like we own just a bunch of domains. Nice. We don't actually do anything, for those domains, <laughs> but like we just own a bunch of them. But, and I, and I wish people told me this sooner, but buying a domain is like an investment because at some point, like, yeah, maybe there's some point when people don't use domains, but like for the time being, I think for the five, 10 years, you buy a domain that there's a good chance that domain is going to be worth more. And you could have bought like any, like I just bought a do domain called, uh, uh, like a dot like a like a four letter domain and it's like it didn't sound like anything crazy i just got an offer in for like eight, eight x the price Damn. Wow. three months later and like people talk about flipping houses i'm like wow you little side hustle for everyone watching yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. for sure well like, yeah we'll find you on twitter 
Oh, we'll find him on Twitter. Yeah. Find him on LinkedIn, zamp.com if you need tax. Stuff. We'll have it all linked in the Is description. Is there like, we get like a promo code or something to give to the people? Is there a promo oh, code? Oh, for sure. I mean, oh, yeah, NMT15? <laughs> Zamp15? Or like NMT15? NMT15. Go for it. I mean, I think we, I'll give you guys 20 just because, you right, know, hey. perfect. You guys are, you know, you guys are Not great. Not for us, for the people. No, for the people. Exactly. <laughs> for, the for, people, the people, for the people. I think, uh, we, we usually do like 15, but like I'll do 20 for you guys. NMT20. Nice. Yeah, nice. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming for sure. on. And on our end, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Shout out to the sponsors. I don't know really who you are for this video, but yeah. you're down <laughs> maybe, below. Maybe next month we'll have Zamp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that might be a sponsor. Yeah, click the links. They're, they're the best. And like, uh, shout us out on, on anything. We're, we're growing. We're almost at 3K yeah, yeah. subs That's on awesome. YouTube. Yep. We almost have 10K on Instagram and like 70K on TikTok. So tiktok's getting there We're, if only uh, we had something we could put in tiktok shop that's the new thing these days we should make some merch we should make yeah, some yeah. Merch. Right, we, 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 we gotta use our merch. printful credit facts yeah we had printful sponsor us for like two oh, months so yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. printful's awesome awesome man anyways catch you guys on the next one thank you see you in the next Peace. one all right see you guys awesome that was good that was dope all right